Welcome back to the 3rd and 15 podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Timmerman. It's here, week one. Um, if you know, you know, you you know college football, you know that we also had a week zero, but week one is here. Um not quite the thrilling opening week that we've had in years past. Uh I get it from those game standpoint, from a from a viewer standpoint, right? Having those years where there was just an absolutely massive matchup on Thursday, or at least a good matchup on Thursday, and an even bigger matchup on Friday, and a massive matchup on Saturday night. But before that, having a huge matchup at three thirty, and a a big matchup at noon, and then on Sunday having two or three big ones, and Monday two or three big ones. As a consumer, that was phenomenal. But if you're one of those games and you're in charge of having the you know, whatever kickoff, you maybe like to spread it out a little bit. You maybe like to be the team, the the classic in week two instead of in week one. So I get it, but man, those were some good years when we had, you know, gosh, I feel like one year we had Alabama Southern Cal and Clemson Georgia and I mean it was like half of the top 10 or or all of the top 10 playing ranked teams from out of conference in week one and it was pretty special this year a little bit less we'll get into that later but but first we've already had games folks uh you know week zero was last week we talked about it Notre Dame not a lot of people are gonna put a lot of stock in in beating Navy but 42 to 3 caught my eye uh, Sam Hartman, you know, we, I talked about last week, wanting to see what Sam Hartman could do in the Notre Dame offense. 19 of 23, 251 passing yards, four touchdowns, no picks. Did not rush a lick. <laughs> uh, didn't rush, which in college football, that's good, right? Because that means he didn't get sacked either, because sacks count. Um, so <laughs> good, good for him. But uh, yeah, just... Phenomenal performance. Uh, red, led in rushing by Audric Esteem. Uh, 16 carries, 95 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, leading receiver, they he spread the ball around really well, which that was always kind of a marquee of the Wake Forest offense. Um, they gave Clemson fits because they just had receivers everywhere. Uh, and, and, again, Jaden Greathouse, three catches, 68 yards, two touchdowns. Jaden Thomas, four catches, 63 yards, a touchdown. Deion Colsey, three catches, 45 yards, a touchdown. Chris Tyree, three catches, 36 yards. Um, Esteem also added two catches for 26 yards. So spread the ball around. Um, one, two, three, four, five receivers with multiple catches. Six because Jabran Payne had two catches for negative five yards. Um, so, all in all, good day, good day for Notre Dame. Um, held Navy to... 169 total yards. Of course, most of that on the ground. That's that's their thing. Uh, but Notre Dame, real balanced attack. 253 passing yards, 191 rushing yards. That, you know, it's Navy, but good good way to come out of the gate for them. Uh, Southern Cal, a little bit of an eye catcher there as well. Um, 56 to 28 over San Jose State. Caleb Williams, 18 to 25, 278 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, didn't really get he, – he carried the ball eight times for negative two yards, so not really a factor in the running game. Austin Jones, six carries, 54 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Taj Washington, leading receiver, two catches, 85 yards for a touchdown. He also spread the ball around. Uh, six receivers with, with at least um, 
th- with at least two catches, um, four different receivers on the receiving end of the touchdowns. Um, so good night for Southern Cal offensively. Defensively, giving up 28 points is not really what you're looking for. Um, and it was close early. I mean, it was at one point, it was 21 to 14, 20 to 14 at the half. And uh, Southern Cal kind of opened up the lead in the second half. Give some love to San Jose State. Uh, Quali Conley had six carries for 108 yards. Nick Nash, six catches, 89 yards, and three touchdowns. Uh, Siobhan Cordero was the, is the quarterback. He also he was 21-38 for 188 yards and the three touchdowns, no picks. Also ran the ball 10 times for 52 yards. So San Jose State, good showing. Southern Cal, it's one of those games, right? Southern Cal wins that one 56-28. We talk about it a little bit right now. Man, giving up 28 points to San Jose State. But nobody's going to care if Southern Cal takes care of business the rest of the year. That's just a game that's going to come back up if they struggle in a couple of weeks. So, you know, when, when, when the Pac-12 conference, when the Pac-12 season opens up, if they're struggling to, to beat, you know, whoever, let's see who they open up their conference schedule with. If Two weeks is a perfect example. If they're playing San, Stanford on Saturday night, September 9th, the 10-30 game on Fox. So, you know, I'll be watching maybe a quarter, maybe the half. Um if, if they're struggling to keep Stanford out of the end zone, then we start talking, okay, this USC defense is not good enough to withstand, you know, to, 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 to accomplish any bigger goals. But if they, you know, stomp a mud hole in Nevada tomorrow night or Saturday night and then they handle business against Stanford, nobody's going to remember because 56-28 to 28 on the schedule, you know, when you look down the scores and you see 56-28 and then 49-14 and then 42-6 to 6, – you know, it's just whatever. Um, so maybe they'll write the ship. Uh, Vanderbilt, <laughs> whew. Yeah, I predicted a, a tough season for Vandy, 35-28 to 28 at home against Hawaii. Um, and, I mean, they had the 35-14. to 14. It's a little bit deceptive because it was 35-14 in the fourth quarter and, and Hawaii came back and made it a little bit of a game. But, boy, that's that's tough. One score at home, the Hawaii. That's tough. Um, but anyway, that's all the scores from last week. I'm recording on Thursday night. Most of the season, I'm going to be recording on Wednesday night. Wasn't able to do that last night. Um, so, I'm recording on Thursday. Some of the games are already in the books. Um, just finished watching some of this Florida-Utah. Utah won 24-11. to and folks, it really wasn't that close. Um, Florida bad because the thing about Utah is they were without Caleb Rising. He, if you've been following him, he tore his ACL in the Rose Bowl. Uh, really has come a long way in a short period of time to to even think about playing this week. But he wasn't able to play. Um, they went with backup Bryson Barnes, and I'm telling you, I'm glad for Utah that it worked the way they did it, because they tried to do the old two-quarterback thing. Clemson's tried to do this some, um, and it just doesn't seem to work. Um, uh, 
Bryson Barnes was 12 of 18, 159 yards and a score. Nate Johnson, 3 of 4 for 6 yards. They kept – it seemed like every time they stuck Nate Johnson in, the offense just grinded ground to a halt. And the offense wasn't great. Uh, they were limited to 50 yards in the second half, I think I saw. But they won. Florida outgained um, Utah, I think, 230 or so, 215 to 50 in the second half. And lost ground. Um, uh, they gained a little ground. They gained a little ground. It was seventeen to three at half. Uh, they ended up winning uh, twenty four to eleven. So Florida won the second half eight to seven while outgaining Utah twenty four or two hundred fifteen to fifty. Um, that Utah defense was stout. Uh, they only allowed Florida to convert one third down. They were one for 13 and two for five on fourth down. Now, Utah was only three for 13 so um, on, on third down, so they got to do better um, on that. Uh, they actually outgained – Florida actually outgained Utah on the night, 346 to 270. But, again, Utah was trying to piece together um, backups. You know, Hopefully, if you're Utah, that's not your quarterback situation. Um, it, hopefully that's just good experience for a backup. That's this is Florida's starter, folks. Graham Mertz, thirty-one of forty-four for three hundred thirty-three yards. Did throw uh, one touchdown, also threw a pick. But the Florida rushing game was horrendous. Twenty-one carries, thirteen yards. I thought Trevor Etienne looked good. I'm biased, obviously. I'm a Clemson fan. I'm still a little bitter that he didn't come to Death Valley the real Death Valley in Clemson, South Carolina. Instead, he's playing for Florida. I thought he looked good. Only had seven carries, 25 yards. Um, he did catch four passes for 12 yards. Lone touchdown was Caleb Douglas. Um, but I, I just felt like Florida had no identity on offense. They couldn't get anything going. Utah defense looked really good. I mean, they looked really aggressive. Um they didn't seem to give Graham Mertz a lot of time. I know the passing numbers are there, but he threw the ball 44 times, um, 333 yards. If, if you're going to hold the running game to 13 yards, you'll kind of let the passing game have 300-and-something yards and really struggle in the red zone. Florida really looked bad in the red zone, and, and that was kind of the reverse last year. kind of felt like Florida capitalized every time they got an opportunity, and Utah really didn't, and that's how Florida came away with that one. Um also so far tonight, Elon or Wake Forest beats Elon thirty-seven to seventeen. Uh, UCF beats Kent State fifty-six to six. Um, John Reese Plumley, who has been in college for most of my life, uh, had a good night. Twenty-two of thirty, two hundred eighty-one yards, uh, three touchdowns. Did throw two picks. He also ran the ball eight times for ninety yards. Had a touchdown. Johnny Richardson, twelve carries, hundred yards. R.J. Harvey, 10 carries, 84 yards. That UCF, holy smokes, folks. UCF offense, 723 yards of offense against Kent State. It is just Kent State. But my goodness, are they Big 12 ready? <laughs> Good Lord. Over 700 yards of offense. Georgia State beats Rhode Island, 42-35. to 35. NC State holds on against UConn. Man, my pick of... NC State going nine and three and being a team to take down Notre Dame does not look great so far. Um, 
offense really struggled. Brendan Armstrong, who I believe was at Virginia, went 17 of 26 for 155 yards. He also ran the ball 19 times for 96 yards and two touchdowns. So real dual threat there, but it's UConn. Um, so 24 to 14, that's a win, but not something you're going to put in your scrapbook. Um, a couple of games still going on as we speak. Nebraska and Minnesota are down to the wire. Minnesota has the ball in Nebraska 37. None of this matters to you because you'll be listening to this after this game is over. Not the start Matt Rule was looking for this year. Um, really struggling offensively against Minnesota. As we speak, they have 295 yards. Um, thrown three interceptions. Yeah, Jeff Sims is really struggling. Uh former Georgia Tech quarterback, um, really struggling. But he was never that big of a stud at Georgia Tech anyway. So that's where we are. Um, I'm going to take a quick break, and when we come back, let's look ahead to the rest of the action this weekend. And we are back. Um, Like I told you, I'm not really, you know, this this week's slate isn't as stellar as years past. Um, tomorrow night, or by the time you're listening to this, it will be tonight. On Friday, September 1st, Howard and Eastern Michigan. I'm going to list all the Friday night games because there's, you know, not as many. Uh, Central Michigan, Michigan State shouldn't be a game that is at 7 o'clock on FSS1, or FS1. My, the Battle of the Miamis. Who's the real Miami? Miami of Ohio versus Miami of Florida. Um, 7 p.m. on the ACC Network. The Aflac kickoff game between Louisville and Georgia Tech, which is at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, uh, is at 7.30 on ESPN. Again, Louisville, Georgia Tech, I I think I I like this matchup. I think this is one that's going to set one of them up right. This is a good matchup for both of those teams uh, to open the season with. Georgia Tech, uh, several years back, opened the season – against Clemson. I think it was one of Trevor Lawrence's years. They opened against Clemson. And boy, it did not go well. Um, so this this is a better matchup for them to open the season, I feel like. Um, you know, one of these teams is going to get a quality win. I think both of these teams are going to be bowl-eligible teams this year. And so whoever wins, this will be a nice win for them, I think. Uh, Missouri State, Kansas, and then Stanford, Hawaii. Saturday, everybody is going to be marking their calendar for Mercer Ole Miss at 2 p.m. I know that, um, but we got to talk, you know, you got to do other things. Um, the first game that I'm interested in is a pair of noon games that I like Virginia, Tennessee at noon on ABC. I love these cross-conference games. Now, I do not have high hopes for Virginia, so this is not me saying that I think Virginia is going to beat Tennessee. But it'd be fun if Virginia could at least make it a game, right? Joe Milton coming into this season with all the hype in the world, uh, closed the season strong, looked good. They did lose to South Carolina, but they also uh, they beat the brakes off of Clemson in the bowl game. Joe Milton looked great in that game, has a massive arm. If he's developed it all in the rest of the passing game and in the running game and just managing the offense – they could be really special this year. Also at noon on Fox, Colorado TCU. Um, TCU, all new pieces. Uh, they got a new offensive coordinator. Um, 
they have a 91.8% chance of winning, according to the um, the tracker on the ESPN webs the ESPN app. I don't know how that math is done. I don't. I, I'm just really curious about what TCU is going to have. They lost so much talent last year. They lost their leading running back. They lost their quarterback. They lost their receiver. All going to the NFL. They lost their offensive coordinator. Colorado, all new pieces. This has all the potential of being a game that right now is like a statement win for Colorado. I think TCU wins. I think TCU just has a more established program. They have more um, FBS talent, more Power 5 talent than Colorado does right now. But this has all the makings. You know, if you want to write the script, you have this has all the makings of the game that Colorado wins, and right now it's, oh, man, see, look what Dion's done. This team was in the national championship game last year, and Dion. Coach Prime just walked in there and beat him. And then <laughs> we find out that TCU is not very good, and they go 5-7, and seven, you know? And and Colorado is also not very good. But it's a good opening test. If, if you had to draw it up, right, if you're going, if you're Dion and you're going into that program, you don't necessarily want to op- open with Middle Tennessee State, right? You, you'd love the win, but there's pressure there. You definitely don't want to open with a Georgia Tech that, you know, hey, Georgia Tech's no good. You guys need to win. But you also don't want to open with Alabama. You don't want to open with Georgia. You don't want to open with Southern Cal. So being able to open with a TCU team that's got some prestige, that's got some meaning behind it, but lost a lot, and and maybe you win. You can convince your team that you can beat TCU. They're, they're, they've got just as much turnover as we do. They've got just as much to figure out as we do. Uh, so I'm, I like that matchup for Colorado. If they were going to open, I, first blush when I looked at the schedule, I said, holy smokes, these guys are going to get drugged for weeks. I like this matchup for Colorado. They could still lose by 28 on Saturday. But it's a good way to open up. Um, so that's the noon slot. I don't see anything else that I'm particularly intrigued about. Like I already said, Mercer Ole Miss, 2 p.m., not predicting a win for the Bears. But in my heart, I want it, you know? Um, so that's that. Two o'clock slot. Not really seeing anything else. Um, 3.30, Washington, Boise State. That could be fun. Uh, Rice, Texas. Uh, JT Daniels is apparently at Rice now. So JT Daniels versus Quinn Ewers. Um, and a battle of, battle of two not very beautiful men. That's at 3.30 on Fox if you want to watch some not beautiful men play football. Um, I do like Quinn Ewers an awful lot. But I don't think he's very attractive. Is that that what you is that what you were listening to this podcast for? Was for me to tell you um, which of these quarterbacks was attractive? Listen, it's late. I'm recording late at night. This is what you get this time of night. Um, not a whole lot. I'm really interested in at the three thirty slot. Lots of cupcake games. I mean, a lot of cupcake games. There are a lot of people that are making fun of Georgia's schedule, and your team is probably playing a cupcake game this week because there is not a lot on here. Southern Cal, Nevada, already mentioned that, 6.30 on the Pac-12 network. If you're hungry for that sort of thing, um, man, here's the one. 7.30, Saturday night, North Carolina, South Carolina. Personally, I have North Carolina winning this game. 
I think South Carolina is the kind of team that North Carolina can beat. I don't think South Carolina, I do respect what Shane Beamer's doing there. I don't think they have the talent right now to beat North Carolina in this game. But they do have Spencer Rattler. And as we saw late last year, he has the ability and they've got the weapons, especially if Wells is healthy, their big receiver. Um, they've got the, the talent on the field to, for short spurts, be a really good team. And if North Carolina comes out flat, and if that South Carolina defense has an answer for Drake May, this could be that early season statement game for North, South Carolina. And, folks, they've got a good enough team. You heard it. I predict them to go 7-5, and five, and that's with a loss to North Carolina. Um. And that's assuming some things about their talent level. If they can beat North Carolina, there may be some other teams on that schedule that I have them losing to. I do not feel bad. I do not feel uncomfortable at all about my pick to have them beat Florida. I like them beating Florida. I like them beating Kentucky. There's several teams I like already like them beating. But if they can come out and show us something against North Carolina, this could be a special year for South Carolina. Um, that's the Duke's Mayo Classic. That's the one that's in Charlotte, 730 on ABC. And that pretty well does it for... Uh, Saturday, Sunday night, LSU-Florida State. That's the marquee matchup of the weekend for me and probably for a lot of people. Um, last year, remember, Florida State won this last minute, last minute dramatic. So much talent on the field for these two. Um, so much talent coming back. Florida State, one of my favorite receivers in the country that doesn't play for Clemson is um, – his name jumped right on my head – Wilson, Johnny Wilson – 6'7", 237-pound wide receiver. He's actually absolutely going to be a tight end at the next level. Right now he's a wide receiver because he is pretty quick. And he gets open downfield and makes great play on the ball. Uh, they also bring back Jordan Travis, uh, who had a phenomenal year last year. Uh, 226 completions, 353 attempts. So about 64% of his passes. Um 3,200 yards, 24 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. He's going to be looking to build on that this year. Also bring back running back Trey Benson, who ran 154 times for 990 yards as an average of 6.4 yards per carry and nine touchdowns. Um, they did lose Treshawn Ward. He transferred to Kansas State. So, And uh, they do have Lawrence Toffili, who rushed last year for 93 times for 457 yards and five touchdowns. Jordan Travis also rushed 82 times for 417 yards, seven touchdowns. I mentioned Johnny Wilson. Uh, missed some time last year, but caught 43 passes, 897 yards, and five touchdowns. Uh, so, man, I feel really good about Florida State in this game. But LSU is no slouch. LSU is also returning some talent, including their quarterback, Jaden Daniels. I've got him in that second tier, which is also where I've got Jordan Travis. You'll notice I didn't mention him as a Heisman uh, hopeful. Also didn't mention Drake May. I like those guys, kind of. Um, or maybe I did mention Drake May. I don't remember what I said. I don't always remember everything that I say. Um, <laughs> but... Jaden Daniels is definitely in that second tier of quarterbacks. He completed 69, almost 69% of his passes. Nice year for him. 266 completions, 388 attempts, uh, almost 3,000 passing yards, 17 touchdowns, three interceptions. He was also their leading rusher, 186 carries for 885 yards, 
11 touchdowns. Um, so they are going to be running all over the place. Noah Kane is also back. He had uh, 78 carry, 76 carries, excuse me, 409 yards, 10 touchdowns. They also have Josh Williams back. Lots of talent returning on the offensive side of the ball for LSU. Uh, so should be a fantastic game Sunday night. That's the feature of Sunday night. Um, Oregon State's playing San Jose State, so it'll be kind of a good comparison game. Northwestern is playing Rutgers on Sunday at noon on CBS. Why? Why? Who decided, you know what this world needs? We need Northwestern and Rutgers in a solo spot where there's nothing else going on. We want everybody in the world to focus on Northwestern and Rutgers. That is going to be, you've heard me talk about it. You probably remember me talking about it the first time. But Northwestern Rutgers has the potential to be as bad or worse as that Illinois-Nebraska game from week zero a couple years ago. That's awful. Uh, I mean, Oregon State-San Jose State is at 3.30, and it's not the worst game of the day. Um, And then Monday, Clemson versus Duke. Um... Duke does have uh, Riley Leonard. I believe his first name is Riley. Yeah, Riley Leonard coming back. Uh, last year he completed uh, almost 64% of his passes for almost 3,000 yards, 20 touchdowns, six interceptions. He's got high hopes this year. He, I've seen some, some interviews with him where he wants to establish a winning program at Duke. He wants to be part of that. He, he wants to show that you know, it's not just about Clemson. It's not just about FSU. It's not just about UNC that Duke is a part of this. And they get a chance to prove it right out of the gate. He also was their leading rusher last year. 124 carries, 699 yards, 13 touchdowns. Very good quarterback. I'm What I'm excited to see from Clemson, it's all on uh, – well, the defense. I, I do – I do. man, I, Clemson's defense, I, they need to improve from last year. They looked good at times, like against North Carolina, and then they just got absolutely outclassed at times. Just too many mistakes. But I'm interested to see what Cade Klubnick can do in the new um, Garrett Riley offense. A player that I'm interested in is Bo Collins. He has been kind of the guy. I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic that he stayed because the storyline was that he's from the same high school as DJ Uangalale, and they were buddies in high school, and... Um, so I was worried that he would leave when, when DJ left and when DJ kind of got pushed out. But he's he's back. Um, he's been injured, and he's been supposed to be that. What's One of the things that's been missing at Clemson is that is the for a while there was the chain of command uh, for wide receivers. They passed the baton. Um, you had DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Sammy Watkins. That kind of transitioned to Deion Kane, I believe, was next. You had Mike Williams in there, uh, to T. Higgins. Justin Ross was supposed to be the next guy, and that's a little bit of where it broke down because Justin Ross had his neck injury, and he's still fighting injuries. I was so bummed to, to see that he had injured himself again and wasn't going to, you know, look like he was taking a step for the Chiefs and kind of had a setback. But um, he's still hanging around. But after that, it just dropped off. 
There just wasn't that continuum, and and some of that was on DJ. Some of that I don't think DJ we uh, DJ Wangale was able to get the ball to the receivers the way that he needed to reliably. But some of it's been on the guys. Joseph Ngata hasn't been able to step up. Um, he's with the Eagles now. A um, couple more guys that they had last year. Adam Randall is another name. But I expect Bo Collins to step up and be the number one target this year. Um, I'm really excited about him. I'm excited to see um, Garrett Riley didn't use the tight ends as much at TCU, but I'd like to see him get uh, Jake Brenningstool involved. He's a big talent. So that's what I'll be looking to see is is what is what what is Garrett Riley going to bring to the offense with Cade Klubnick on Monday night against Duke. I think that's a good matchup for Clemson because Duke is a good team. Yeah, they've got talent. I won't say they're a good team. But they're a team that um, it's a road game. It would be a good chance for Clemson to show what they've got. Um, and when you open with a UT Martin, I'm not just picking on Georgia, but when, when you open with a UT Martin, when you open with uh, a, a Colgate, and I saw somebody's playing Colgate the first week. When you open with a team like that, um, you don't really get a chance to show what you can do. You don't feel like you can... Because there's no sense in pulling out the good stuff yet. But Duke, Clemson might have to pull out some of the good stuff. They might have to to, to, to really open up the playbook a little bit. And I think that's good for them. I think it's good for them to go ahead and get out there and get some get some some get their feet under them. To have things not work. To have to think about okay, well. You know, we really wanted to set up the screen game. I hope not. I'm so tired of watching wide receiver screens, but we really wanted to set up the screen game, but it's not working. So now we've got to um, got to think about it and 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 go to the next thing. Uh, they might have to do that against Duke, and that's good for them. It'll be good for fans to see that. Um, so that's the weekend. Uh, again, next week is a little bit better, but uh, this year we just don't have as many marquee. Um, don't have as many marquee early week games, folks. It's it's unfortunate. We've got some, but just don't have the volume of them that we have in years past. So we'll get going. Hopefully something will catch our eye this, this week. Hopefully something will um, spark the excitement. And there's certainly some games, folks. And like I said, I'm looking forward to that Sunday night game. That That's the marquee. Florida State, LSU, uh, make, make some time for that one. But... That's all I've got for this week. Y'all enjoy the weekend. Spend some time with your families. Enjoy some football. And we'll do it again next week. Mm